Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Before we had hardly any traffic, to be totally honest. And off the oh, that one night, I mean, you were there. We had 190,000 people come on our site in one minute. Yeah. So um, it was pretty phenomenal and so we've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people come on our site since a banking as a service provider who i won't name as i haven't validated their workings but who clearly have a good seo game claims that with a lending as a service platform lenders can see expenditure for acquisition decisioning and servicing of loans reduced by up to 80 percent And if it works for a high street bank and it works for a digital bank and it works for a non-bank lender, why couldn't it also work for that most venerable of financial institutions, the bank of mum and dad? As you'll hear, and indeed, as you may have already heard in the bonus episodes this week, I'm in Amsterdam at the moment for Money 2020. It's a big moment for me. I've been meeting some really interesting people and learning from some really interesting talks And it's a big moment for the show. Yesterday, I recorded this episode in front of the biggest live audience I've ever had. And today, if you're listening to this as it comes out, I'm recording another one for next Thursday. Both about lending, sure, but both also in the spirit of the event about entrepreneurship and what it means to be a founder. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Craig Smith, founder and CEO of Just Lend. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me again. I say welcome back because obviously you were the star of episode nine of this show 18 months ago or so. But for people who maybe haven't gone that far back into my back catalog, what is Just Lend and what is your mission? Uh, what are you trying to achieve with this business? When it comes to Just Lend and what is Just Lend, originally it was basically used to become the bank of mum and dad, bank of mum, dad, family and friends. That was, that was the original ambition. You could otherwise describe it as like, go fund me for loans, but in a closed loop environment. Yeah, so I've been telling other people lending as a service for friends and family loans. Is that kind of close enough? Everybody's able to describe it better than me. It's, um, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but I know also from seeing your LinkedIn post recently, there's some interesting things coming up as well. But before we get into that, We're obviously uh, recording this today in Amsterdam at Money 2020, which is a big treat, uh, not least of all because it's introducing the show to some new people. So for those new listeners, uh, How to Lend Money to Strangers is a weekly podcast that challenges itself to bring you the world's most widely sourced lending insights, widely sourced in terms of the models we cover, but widely sourced also in terms of the geographies we cover, from the US to the UK to the UAE to uh, the Uruguay, I guess. And if I keep to the theme of geography and, and exotic locales, apparently in the early days, map makers, when they ran out of actual knowledge, would just scribble here be dragons on the sort of empty spaces of their maps to 
warn future travelers that they're kind of on their own from, from that part out. I say apparently it's actually not true. <laughs> when I did try and research it last night, the very first Google report said it only happened on one map. But I say it because it let me say dragons, which is our segue to probably your biggest claim to fame at the moment. So September 2021 was when you won my little show. Since then, I think most people know you from that bigger TV show, Dragon's Den. Let's start pre-Dragon's Den. What was the spark, the inspiration behind Just Lend in its very earliest form? And what path did that founding journey take you to one day be standing on that stage on arguably Britain's most popular entrepreneurship-themed TV show? I think in your previous episode, I explained what it was about. And it was about initially helping people on the property ladder. It was about people these days don't have support or need more support than just raising money from mum, dad. They needed a wider network to basically maybe get a deposit together. And it was about helping people. And for me, it was about helping a friend get on the property ladder, uh, a friend that had a good job but um, didn't have a deposit. And, I mean, it was quite a lot of money. And so it was about how do we formalize that structure. So that was the original inspiration behind it. And there were some other pieces to that as well, many other pieces to that. But that was the original inspiration. Yeah. When I first heard you describe it, I had just arrived in England from from about eight years in Asia. And there's a lot of family lending in Asia, a lot of in investments essentially in the future of kids in a family to go and take a job abroad or to, to do something. And I, I knew that use case, but I wondered, in the UK, is it that big a market? And obviously, the home ownership one is a clear one. And then you started seeing examples come on people funding things like fertility treatments, more and more uses. And I see now when I went on, very much in theme with Money 2020 and something I really should have thought of before. But lots of people on there raising money for new businesses. Just to kind of take some of that back, initially when we looked at the bank of mum and dad market, we saw 10% of people in the UK were borrowing from family and friends, 11% in the US. And so it was a very, very big market. And we thought it was going to be all around house deposits. And that was not true at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the campaigns that we now see in the camp, I mean... Uh, we can go on Dragon's Den, but I mean, we've had absolutely everything on our, ca- on our site. So, um, but I think the main two areas are people starting businesses and looking for a bit of support starting a business. And these are good community businesses and vehicles. So those are the two things that we're now really focused on, which are two things that I didn't imagine. But we have absolutely everything on our site. <laughs> and I can go into the case studies of those in a little bit if you want. Well, let's do that. And let's talk about... I guess, in a way, how, how, how you got so many on the side so quickly. <laughs> so, as I said, sort of Dragon's Den appearance is a kind of a pivotal moment in the history of Just Land. I was lucky to be there at the viewing party to, to see you, <laughs> and I know some behind-the-scenes impact we saw on the numbers. So talk to me about that. You had this idea with Just Land. When I first met you for the very first time, you were still in the research phase trying to get hold of data to to prove it, to even get it going when we recorded the last episode, you were busy launching, and now you've, you've made yourself almost a household name. What was that like going onto the show in front of those lights and, uh, and those investors to pitch the idea? And more importantly, how did that change the trajectory uh, of Just Lynn's journey? Before Dragon's Den, we were doing a bunch of advertising on Facebook and Google and a few of these different places. And we were getting a certain group of people coming through our site and i guess that was coming through when it comes to customer acquisition the facebook algorithms and the google algorithms were optimizing for people to kind of complete these loans and um, that would drive a certain type of traffic and it wasn't 
always healthy traffic. There was a lot around sort of debt consolidation or there was a lot of fraud in there. There was a lot of these other things, which I didn't expect, but it kind of, that's what it was. And then, yeah, off the back of Dragon's Den, the traffic just changed overnight. (laughs) The type of traffic changed overnight. And so it became less about Facebook's algorithms and more about the viewership of the BBC. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I, I, that's, that's, that's the reality. I mean, I just saw in my own analytics the next day the huge spike in downloads on, on my website. And I think 95% of that was searches either for Just Lend or, or Craig Smith. So I'm quite far removed from, from the line of fire there and we still saw a massive pickup. So uh, clearly a huge audience. And it's interesting to hear also that it's changing, not just the immediate viewership of sort of people clicking out of interest, but actually changing the type of business uh, coming through. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, before our traffic was pretty much minimal and now our organic traffic is, is pretty decent in its own right. Yeah, I, I don't know where to begin, but I guess, um, yeah, before we had hardly any traffic, to be totally honest. And off the back, oh, that one night, I mean, you were there, we had 190,000 people come on our site in one in one minute and so we were it was pretty phenomenal and so we've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people come on our site since um yeah (laughs) and let's let's sort of talk about the types of people and and the projects they bring in maybe in a little Mm. bit more depth the types of campaigns that we see now on our site are people wanting to start smes but um but they're really good, heartfelt community projects. And so it's really human stories. We have a lobster business, lobster catching business in North Wales. And it's a story about a guy who was a scuba diver in Thailand and came back to his family and wanted to start a lobster catching business and needed some money for some nets and lobster pots. And I was like, that's cool. We have samosa businesses in North London. We've got boiled sweets, um, kitchen equipment yeah. in Scotland. We've got swim schools where like it's a rundown swim school in Paul and he's basically trying to revitalize that and hire another trainer to be in that pool with him. Uh, we have the same case in Heathrow when it comes to a football group. They've got a wait list of 150 kids and he basically needs to hire another trainer. I mean, <laughs> there's so many beautiful stories on there and these are the stories that we're actually seeing. And so in these cases, it's, you know, a football school looking to raise money from the parents of that football school. Same with the swim school. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, we have these types of cases on our site, and these are the lovely small business type projects. Yeah. 
And I just never expected that. And that's, that makes me so happy. That's the really beautiful stuff that's on our site. And sort of somewhat serendipitously, we're, we're recording today in the, the money part. Uh, I recently did an episode with a business in the US called uh, Honeycomb that's built around this idea. And one of the stats that they uh, presented there is that, you know, when you build these sort of community businesses and you're bringing the community in to help finance them, to help bring them to life, you're also creating and building these communities that support and want the business. So they're also your customers. They're also bringing business in the future. They feel that ownership. They are essentially selecting things they want in their community. So it's all sorts of pre-screening and, and business seeding as well. So it's a double benefit compared to if you just went to a high street bank and got the credit. And yeah, when we think of borrowing money from friends and family, you know, in the bad sense, it's typically... The one cousin everybody knows is always out of money because they're not very good at managing it. And we don't know what it's going for or what the terms are, how they're going to pay it back. Whereas the Just Lend platform is very much about providing that structure and a little bit of arm's reach as well to help manage some of that communication where you may feel awkward asking for the money back. I think that's also a common thing. If you've lent money to a friend or a family and they said they would pay you back at the end of the month. It can be hard to face-to-face go and ask for it if it hasn't been volunteered. So talk to me about how that works, how that structure of the, the product manages the, the flow of a loan. Yeah, so I guess a borrower would come on our site and they would create a campaign. And they would share their story of why they need the money. They'd upload some pictures. They'd kind of write a, a little essay about um, why they need it. And then we'd do some affordability checks and some other things kind of in the background as well. Uh, they'd upload some ID, so we kind of have all that verification piece. And then they would share it via whatever social tool they like. So they're in complete control of this. So it, we don't allow strangers, I think, we, <laughs> to um, to come in and see what things they want to fund. Although maybe we should, because off the back of Dragon's Den, we had a lot of people wanting to fund campaigns. But um, but we didn't. We don't do that. So the borrower chooses who they share it out with on WhatsApp or Facebook or another tool. And we kind of have good knowledge now of what tools people are willing to share and what not share on. And then the family and friends then, then come in and they look at it and they decide if they, they want to contribute or not. We also allow the borrower to set the interest rates and the terms as well because we're not, I guess, yeah, we're lending as a service, right? We're, yeah. not, we're not setting the terms there. So they can set the terms at 0% if they want or one, two, three, four, five percent 5% is what we go up to. Yeah, and then the lenders decide if um, if they want to contribute or not contribute to it. And then once it's agreed, they put the money in, the borrower draws the funds, and then they repay back based on the payment terms they set up. These things work as a normal loan would. These, there's nothing that you need to be particularly wary of that as friends and family. You're actually seeing them just perform like a, a small business foundation loan. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think as well, when people are looking at this, they're also looking at it in some ways a bit more like charity, actually. Yeah. Because the reason that they're investing in that person is not for the ROI in terms of financial. It's because they want to see that person succeed. They want to see that person succeed in the community business or their project or a life circumstance. I mean, and that's essentially what you're facilitating, right? Is that ability to truly support somebody you care about in a project that's meaningful. Whereas if they came to you one-on-one and said, I've got this business idea you might not have 10,000, 20,000 pounds to get them off the ground. You might say, well, I've got 100 pounds, but then it doesn't feel like it's going to help because then they've got to go knock on so many other doors. It seems impossible to really participate, so you can kind of wish them good luck, and, and that's about it. 
Whereas what this platform's doing is beneficial to both parties because there are things I would like to do for my community, my friends and family as a lender or an investor that there's not really a way to do. It's all 100% or zero for most of us at the moment. And you and I are saying, well, we all care about the same person or the same place. And he has a way to contribute to what you're comfortable with. But you can see there's other inflows, right? So you can see that your £100 isn't just £100 it's being rolled up with several others to make the ten, the twenty thousand pounds needed. So, I think that that, I mean, you may have had more of a vision than than I did, but that's really changed how I've seen where this product, where the business fits into the the lending ecosystem. And it's refreshing to see in a world that can become quite cold and corporate about you know the issuing of credit is actually there is this very human element of providing people money now that they will pay you back in the future so they can create something. Um, so very, yeah, I mean, like you can sort of see it warms your heart as well, but it's great for me to see from the start of the sort of things that it's facilitating. Yeah, there's just so many, there's such variety. I mean, last week I was speaking to the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust who created a campaign in Portsmouth. So they're the Portsmouth Tottenham Hotspur Supporters <laughs> Trust. And they're looking to, there's 180 of them and they're looking to do a loan for a van so they can go to games every other weekend. <laughs> and I was like, I was really surprised they're using my platform for that activity. So there's some really good heartfelt community projects on there. And I think that's, yeah. that's great. And I think in the spirit of Money 2020, it is then much more about incubating ideas and bringing them to life and sometimes helping a friend get a house and sometimes helping them get fertility treatment, but also mm. just the lending part is almost secondary to this, this ability to bring new, new things to life that you care about. And I think that mm. is a big gap that, that's been missing. And we see, well, you've used the word community a lot, and we see this more around sort of small communities that have traditionally helped themselves that the supporters club would have in the past, maybe each put in a little bit of money each month until they had enough to, to buy the van. But this is really what's been uh, replaced or improved upon rather than, well, the person who can just go to the bank and get a loan at, at you know, the, the, the rate in the market. But I've seen that now you're also hinting at doing some more in the community space, bringing other partners on board to build more communities and I guess to expand faster. You've only sort of been teasing uh, the market with that. So I don't want to announce anything before it's ready to be announced. But what is the, the vision in that space and being able to bring partners on board and to expand uh, the communities you serve? So I think from our perspective, what we've, we've kind of been able to bucket people into groups now when it comes to certain types of campaigns. So we can start to see campaigns that are focused around energy, focused around vehicles, focused around starting businesses, pet care and a number of other things, although we know what the main ones are. What we're looking to do as well is rather than just be the family and friends supporting these projects is that we want to bring in brands and local government to also support. We can see which campaigns are getting more traction, which campaigns aren't getting traction. And so we can kind of work with those brands to help them engage with what's going on in a, in a local, local area. When I was doing my MBA, I looked at a project at the time, which was sort of uh, facilitating donations, for corporate donations alongside personal donations. And the idea there was that the research suggests that you know, people like to see the companies they work with, they reward companies that support the causes they do. And I'm assuming the same is true of local governments. But that benefit of seeing them support your projects is almost all eroded away if it's them that's telling you about it. 
So if the corporate says, hey, we donated to this cause, you don't care. You want to see them donating and doing it out of sort of their own goodness of their heart. Now, this is kind of what you're able to do where it might be a local government that sees the swimming school use, use case. There's some private citizen in the community who's got the support of the community. They're doing good. It is a business, yes, but it's a business that is helping the community as a whole. Just one of the hardest challenges for things like local governments must surely be which projects to support. And you essentially crowdsource that idea. What projects are important to the community? Well, it's the ones where they're putting the money. That's a great way for them to step in and say, well, we've got some money. Maybe this is a pool we should improve upon. And if they come in and put some money to redo the tiling or to redo the change rooms or something, it's highly visible to the people that care about that in terms of politics. You know, That's mm. how you make your citizens happy. Or in the corporate world, you may see something in a community. You know, the corporates, it's important for us to support the communities we work in. But again, yeah, we can't go around telling them all we are. We, did you see that we did this good thing? Whereas you could get on a platform like this, maybe friends and family can maybe support some new book purchases, but don't have £100,000 to even roll together to, to build a new library. But maybe one of the banks do or one of the corporates nearby do. So something I'm going to watch. Now, it wasn't actually all that long ago when we last spoke, but you've seen so much change in relatively little time at a, such an accelerating rate. So if you think about where Just Lend could be, are there any grand ambitions of where you think Just Lend could end up 18 months further on if we do a, a third podcast? I really see it as a community bank of sorts and kind of a replacement to the credit unions. I think uh, it sounds quite crazy, but um, I see that you can create a campaign in your local area and then based on where you live, the people in that local community can get it funded, you can get support for it. And it's like, yeah, people helping people. It still hasn't really changed. I just think, yeah, you're going to see projects funded that are really organic and natural. And that's not really a good enough answer. In short, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I expect a lot more traffic coming our way, um, a lot more traffic coming our way over the next year or so. Um, A lot more human stories kind of on our site. Yeah, expect to be working with a number of brands. You know, there'll be some other things going on as well. But yeah, I just want to see good, heartfelt community stories funded and lots of them in whatever way, shape or form that comes. And what I like about that growth, the way, the only way you can have it is being driven by projects first because it's the borrower who's essentially bringing in the lenders rather than the other way around. So you can appear on TV, get 100,000 people interested but you're not taking that money and then almost forcing it into some other project. It is demand-driven. You need borrowers to get on the site, say, I've got this project. And they need to be able to communicate that well enough that people support it. So the borrower, well, there will be some friends and family where somebody can go on easily and get money from their friends and family. But when we're talking more in the community sense, you're going to have to sway people to this. You are going to be a little business owner doing a pitch to your community that you're the one they should give the money to. And we can see that, right? We have all the evidence for that. So because the borrower has to push it out and share it out. So I can see how many people are viewing a campaign, yeah. uh, how far their reach is, how much influence they have in a local community. And so we can kind of get a good understanding of which projects to back and which projects maybe not to back. So do they have a support network around them to kind of make that project successful? And that's what we can, that's what we can see which um, is kind of mind-blowing, which 
initially I thought, you know, you'd create a campaign and you'd share it to like your mum, dad, auntie. Yeah. And now I see you've got a community group around you. You're actually an influencer in your local area because you've shared it and 50 people in your community have seen it or 100 people in your community have seen it. Yeah, I think there's another layer of the community benefit in there because a lot of these are projects people aren't going to fully know how to bring to life. They, if left on their own, may raise the money, may not be spent as efficiently as it could be, or a lot of time is spent having them to research all the bits and pieces that need to come together. But when you have this centralized platform where other people have done similar things, and we're generally speaking about nice people doing good things for the community that are going to be helpful, right? This is not sort of a cutthroat VC world where everyone's just out for the money. These are sort of people that help people by definition because they were on the platform. So when you are looking to get a project up and running, yeah, the money is there, but also the other people who have done the same thing are there to, to help you make it reality. So for me, yeah, it's really inspiring to hear from, yeah, some idea, okay, well, it's a little bit of help to buy a house, which is important. I mean, life-changing for most people. And we've covered on the show many different ways that it's problematic that you can't buy a house when house prices are rising so fast. They, they're falling now, so yay, uh, except interest rates are rising. So it's going to be an ongoing problem and real problems there for individuals. But the community aspect's really inspiring. And I just want to wrap up to make sure that people that are interested in, well, learning more about it, seeing some of what you've done, but in particular anybody who's got a project they might want to fund where can they go to see the Just Lend product in action, maybe read or, or see any content you've got about that to help uh, clarify in their mind how it works and if it's the thing for them? Um, you can go on justlend.co, that's our website, or justlend.co.uk. I think that's an improvement since Dragon's Den. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so you can go there and you can see kind of a few examples of the types of campaigns that are on our site and what people are raising money for. Um, that's probably the best place to go. Um, if you kind of want to follow what's happening, to be honest, probably following Just Lend on LinkedIn is probably the best place at the moment. Um, those are the main two two places to, to go and, and so you're able to see what kind of happens next. Yeah, so as I said, being personally an inspiring story just because coincidentally we met right at the start and sort of been there as the journeys progressed. But as a neutral third person, more and more exciting uh, as the idea has sort of crystallized around these ideas of communities and community banking. So it's a story I'm definitely going to follow and I wish you the best of luck for that. Craig, thank you so much for coming back on the show and I look forward to 18 months time when we do it again. Thank you very much, Brendan. I really appreciate it. So it's been a good journey so far. Great. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. And thank you all for listening please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn, where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England, and edited by Fina Charlson of FC Productions. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show and I'll see you again next Thursday.